and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about a really great podcast called Behind the Velvet Rope. Yep, that's right. Behind the Velvet Rope is a Bravo-themed podcast where host David Yontef, friend to many a reality TV star, interviews housewives, Bravo celebrities, and other reality TV talent. And if there's one thing David knows about, it is housewives. Some of his recent guests have included Sutton Strack, Tamara Judge, Melissa Rivers, Sheena Shea, Jill Zarin, Jenny Polos, Captain Sandy, and the list goes on and on and on. But really, David literally has a guest list from the reality TV universe that we could only dream of. And whether they are currently on a hit show like The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or haven't been on your TV screen for years, gone but never forgotten is David's motto. Absolutely. And he's got such a cool, relaxed interview style, which makes you feel totally at ease. But let me tell you, if there's a story to get to the bottom of, he totally goes there. Just when you think there's a question he may not ask, he asks it. Yeah. And the best thing about Behind the Velvet Rope podcast is that it's five days a week. That's right. A new episode drops every weekday, Monday to Friday. I have no idea how he does it. I know, right? So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts and get ready to have all your Housewives, Bravo TV, and reality TV dreams come true. Hey guys, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. How you doing over there, Miss Sims? Uh, I'm doing okay. Listen, I'm doing okay. I'm not feeling great this week. Uh, I've had, I've gone for a COVID test. I don't think I've got it, but but better to be safe than sorry. For Um, sure. But I'm doing all right. It's busy, busy times in the run up to Christmas. So we're just kind of knuckling down until we can rest up a little bit how about you happy thanksgiving thank you um i am massively hungover because i spent the day drinking with my brother (laughs) yesterday because i'm not quarantined anymore my quarantine was over so i was able to go and like hang out with actual people so i of course you know overdid it (laughs) i'd expect nothing less i'd expect nothing less i mean that's i've got a girl's night booked on the 12th of december covid restrictions uh you know willing um right and i already know that there is going like I, it's going to be a big one yeah yeah it's so, going to be knock you out for two days i drank a bunch of bloody marys need- yesterday i mean like loads of bloody marys i love it what else were you drinking just bloody marys I really, yeah, I did not eat enough yesterday. I way just overdid drink. Because I feel like when you're drinking Bloody Marys, you almost feel like they're filling you up because of like all the stuff in them and the vegetables and, you know. All the, the celery. Healthy, healthy bits. <laughs> <laughs> some celery. You're like, it's a juice. salad and a, it's basically it is. lettuce and vodka. I mean, yeah, that's it's an what alcoholic you're drinking, salad. For sure. It is an alcoholic salad <laughs> with, a, like with a, an extra kick. It's like a gazpacho, like a cold soup. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is. I mean, I don't know why anybody eats or drinks anything else. We should just all be living on Bloody Marys. It's literally everything you need. For sure. For sure. So anyways. Um, but it was Well, fun. listen, I'm going to... Well, I'm glad that you had fun. I'm glad that you got to enjoy some of Thanksgiving because it was a bit of a 
bust when you're all positive with COVID. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, I'm uh, going to try and not get distracted by myself waiting for my test results to come in, which could land any minute now. But if you Ooh, get, if, if so they exciting. do come in, you'll get the live reveal on my test Yay! results. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's what it's come down to. The content for us now is live Corona test re- <laughs> result reveal. Uh, I mean, we're going to do our best, aren't we? We're we're probably feeling a little bit at fifty percent, but we're gonna for the next forty five minutes to an hour, we're gonna fucking bring it. Hell yeah, we're gonna push through and talk about all these shows. We are down one show this week because uh, Southern Charm decided uh, to apparently take Thanksgiving off. So we don't have them on this week, but they'll be back next week. So just well, and also they're all quite split up at the moment, aren't they? Because coronavirus, they are in lockdown. So I imagine that they don't have quite the content that they've had in previous seasons as well. So it's probably a good idea for them to take a week off. Also helped me manage time wise. I'm always happy to have four shows rather than for sure five or six for sure. I I feel like four shows is the magic number for us. I always feel like It's, it's. it's enough to like have really good chat, but not overwhelming. Um, also, d- listen, don't dive shock, Reagan. You're about to pick yourself up off the chair. But at the beginning of the show, I've remembered if you can rate and review us, that would be really great. <laughs> Normally we leave it right to the end where probably most people are like, fuck this, I'm over it. They don't even listen to it. Right. But we've managed to get it in first now. So that rate and review, it makes a huge, huge difference. So please do that. Also, uh, apologies there is no post bag this week because i think both of us have been absolutely slammed it's been thanksgiving you're still yes. recovering from covid i've been slammed so there's no post box uh which i guess is on brand for us yeah. you know we are a little bit lackadaisical chaotic haphazard it's totally on brand for us we'll do it next week we will um but in the meantime we've got four shows and why don't we kick off with the first one so we are still in Portugal with the Potomac. We are. Um, I thought this episode was pretty tame, really. Obviously, all of it's building up to the big bomb drop. And it's we get this dominatrix night at the end where they're all talking about their sex lives, which I found actually quite interesting. I thought it was lovely because I thought it was probably the most accurate depiction of like a group of girls sitting around and what you eventually end up talking about, right? Like sex yeah. and what's going on. You always on go to and- sex. Yeah. Um, I like that Karen's retired her mouth. I feel like we're almost soul sisters on that. Mind you, I mean, to be fair, I could probably say I've retired most things at this point. Right. I mean, I don't know where anybody gets the energy with two small children. No, I, 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 I have no idea how people have more than two children. I don't I just know. Don't I mean, know how, how do they have possible? time to have sex to have the third yeah. kid? Or the fourth or the fifth? The problem is, Reagan, here's, I'll be real with you. When I'm in bed, if my options are sleep or sex, every single time I'm going to choose sleep. I know that's awful, but I'm going to choose sleep. Yeah, no, we're the same way. I find that we're more successful if we have morning sex. Like if we so can I like the idea the morning, of that. That is a better deal for us because we'll have... We are I have a question though. Slept, we've is it- woken up. It just works. Is it weird? Is it weird if you're about to have morning sex that you ask your husband to brush his teeth before you do it? 
because that's my only thing with morning sex right i i think you're absolutely right it's a perfect time i could put the kids in front of the television yeah that's great got the energy but i have this weird like phobia not phobia thing but it's weird thing where i cannot bear the thought of kissing anybody before they've brushed their teeth interesting like i have to brush my teeth too is that weird is that just me um between you and i it's just you but i'm sure you're not the only person (laughs) in the world um yeah i just think it probably ruins the moment no i mean come on we've we've been doing this with our husbands for a long time now like i think sometimes it it doesn't have to be like the most romantic of moments just to get it in there if that makes sense yeah I hear you. So, like, go brush your teeth. Let's get yeah. this shit on. Let's go brush tick, our tick, teeth tick. and let's get it on. Bosh it out. Yeah. I mean, listen. Play. Listen, do you remember when you were, like, before you were married, before you had kids, and you thought that marriage was, like, hot sex, like, and yeah. you literally did it in the kitchen on the counters just because, you know, you could? Yeah. Do you remember when, when we thought that was what marriage was? You know, that was my marriage pre-kids, for sure. It was my marriage pre-kids. Yeah. Kids are a game drain. Oh God, they're such cock blockers. Anyway, let's, <laughs> so we we digress. The girls are talking about sex. Uh, Karen's retired her mouth. Um, they talk about masturbation. Uh, yes. Quite interestingly, everybody's quite open about that. I like a good masturbation chat every now and again. Um, I all think they're lying as well. I think everybody masturbates more than they say they do. I think it's For like sure. drinking alcohol when the doctor's like, how many units do you have? And you go, oh, six to eight a week. Like probably 24 a week. Right. Same with masturbation. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, and I don't then, trust of course, people it, who say they don't masturbate. I feel sorry for people yeah. who say they don't masturbate. Yeah. There's nothing better. Do you know what? I'm going to put it out there. Sometimes yeah. there's nothing better when you've got the house to yourself on an afternoon, you've been doing cleaning or whatever, and you're like, I'm just knackered. And you're like, do you know what? I'm going to go up and have a wank. Just... Yeah. 20 minutes to my goddamn self doing whatever the hell I like before the kids come home. That is not a terrible thing. Not at all. It's an afternoon delights are incredible. It is. And it's self-care. That's what I'm selling it as. For sure. It's self-care. So if you're not masturbating in the afternoon when your kids are at school and you've got a hot minute, then try it. Highly recommend it. Absolutely. Um, But throughout the whole episode, obviously all we're waiting for is Ashley to drop the bomb and she chooses the dominatrix night to do it yep just when they're all getting along having a lovely evening bam the uh, character assassination bomb is dropped and i here's think, the thing go on you go i think wendy 100 percent calls calls it correct and calls it out perfectly where she was just like look all you're doing is assassinating her character like everybody could understand if she wrote a statement for Monique about her that everybody gets everybody's fine with but this statement is literally only designed to hurt somebody and yeah you know I feel like Ashley's pretty straightforward with doing it out of spite that's the only reason she's done this I 100% agree and I'm shocked that Ashley I think she is sort of so blinded by this kind of 
need to exact revenge that she genuinely doesn't see that how obvious this looks yeah. she, she genuinely believes that the i'm supporting monique line will work but also and i know that this isn't a statement about what actually happened that night but i do think it's ironic that the one person who didn't see what happened that night i.e who doesn't have any idea about whose character was at fault in that particular right. instance is the one who is now being called upon to write this statement because even if it's not about that event, you would have wanted to see that event before you start really committing to one side or the other. And I just, it's so disappointing to see Ashley make that decision because she's she's a smart cookie and I like her. Yeah, that's why I feel like, and I think we talked about this last week, I feel that Monique must have something on Michael that they never released about mm-hmm. kind of last year's shenanigans. And I think that's why Ashley is just blindly supporting without yeah. knowing all the facts. Like that, there has to be something. Maybe, or maybe this is such a trigger for Ashley in terms of something that Candace has done. She just right. can't see the wood for the trees. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it is out of character for Ashley because she's normally so... She's normally quite empathetic and balanced and able to see every side of the story. Right. But not in this case. And I'm still 100% Candace on this. Like, I know she's behaved badly in the past, but it has to be based on what happened that night. And that night, Monique was absolutely wrong. I totally agree. And I don't... Again, like, I, I feel like this is very similar to, like, the Denise Richards Brandy gate that happened in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, I'm genuinely kind of shocked that people see it other ways. Yeah. I I just, I don't, I don't get it. No, I don't either. And I think it's, I think what worries me is, is mostly about Ashley and the way that she's written the statement is that it's this idea of undermining a particular event by somebody's past behavior. It's a bit like victim shaming like rape victims, right? It's a yeah. bit like saying, well, that ra- she deserved it because she sleeps with, she slept with loads of guys last year. Right. It's like, well, hang on, that's absolutely nothing to do with what happened on that particular night. And whatever Candace has done previously, it's nothing to do with what Monique did on that particular night. And, it, well, and it's never justified in that way. No. And even, I mean, I feel like I've read a lot about like people justifying it as, well, Candace was running her mouth again and she took it too far. And maybe that's true. I am just still of the personal belief that you don't put your hands on people versus somebody just shouting at you and running their mouth off. Like, shout back at them. Run your mouth off. Like, say whatever you like. Walk away. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I agree. I I don't think there's ever any justification for things to get violent like that. And I'm not saying, you know, I can't understand sometimes why somebody would like. I can understand the feelings, but it doesn't make it right. And I think... Ashley's got the wrong end of the stick on this one. And I think she's going to feel that. I think she knows she's done wrong as well. I feel like you can see it, that she knows. And and the way that they go back to their rooms and he she's talking to Michael and like, they're kind of like, yeah, you're right. And Ashley and Candace goes back and talks to Chris. And we find out that Monique and Chris have definitely been saying, talking shit about Ashley and Michael. Yeah. Um, you know, again, Monique is not the friend that Ashley thinks she is. Monique is more and more just looking to me like a really nasty piece of work. Absolutely. Like my, I mean, I didn't have 
I've always had an issue with her. I've always had an issue with her podcast name and the blog and all that bullshit that we talked about earlier. But I didn't think she was like a mean person. But like, yeah. this is not a good look. No, I think she's mean. Yeah. I do. I, I, the more I see, the more I see this nasty side to her. And I don't I don't like it at all. But um, God knows how this is all going to go. I mean, I can only see that this is just going to be a massive rift amongst these women until uh, yeah. one of them backs down. I mean, I think it has to be. I mean, we're on episode 17, which I feel like last year when we were watching Atlanta, this is when we started complaining about it being too long. And I completely don't feel that way about Potomac. I feel like it's been so interesting and like all these things have come up and they've done a really good job with like their stories that it's just, it's kept me engaged and I, I can't I mean, wait I to can't see believe, how this ends. I can't believe we're on episode 17, I honestly. know. Like, when you told me that, I was like, God, I feel like it should be episode nine or ten. It's, like, flown yeah. by. Um, but the other thing is, of course, we're not having much chat about coronavirus in Potomac yet, are we? No, we're not. So I wonder if they actually finished filming before coronavirus hit. Yeah, so it may be that they snuck in before uh, we get that coronavirus vibe because there's nothing... They're not even mentioning it at this point. So I can only imagine that it's... Maybe they managed to get the full season in. Yeah, we'll I, I think you're right. They have recorded the reunion. So the reunion is done. So I think we are winding down on this. But man, that reunion is going to be fucking hot. You know it. <laughs> While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's get back into it. So moving from Potomac, let's move on to Below Deck. Now, um... These guests, man. You know, it's so interesting to me with these guests because in all actuality, they're pretty easygoing. They don't need super fancy stuff and they're completely fine. They're not as demanding as like the previous guests that we saw. But like, they're just kind of, eh. Well, they're boring guests because 22-year-olds yeah. are boring. Like, with all the will in the world, they're only interesting to each other. 22-year-olds are only interesting to each other. The rest of us kind of suffer them because 22-year-olds are at that age where it's like, well, I know everything and I've just suddenly start, I've just suddenly realized that I can now form my own opinions completely independently, so I'm going to bore everybody to death with that shit. And it's like, right. okay, great, but you, you'll figure it out in a few years. But they're just boring and their tip is really boring. It is so cheap. <laughs> they left 12 grand. Eight grand I mean, less than, I mean, I, I know Charlie made them work for that good tip. Was it eight grand or did they leave 25? I, I feel like I they, think left, they 20. left 25. Oh, did they leave 25? 20 or 25. Either way, they left Either a way. fuckload more than. They made the fucking crew work their asses off for that tip. But the tip was still good. So like it all balances out. This tip is bullshit. This tip it's is not bullshit. even 10%. And, and it's the, I would guarantee. But it's also the ultimate insult as well, because 
It's from 22-year-olds. So, like, you're a 30-year-old woman and you're spending your time running around after entitled fucking Gossip Girl cast members and they deign to leave you 12 grand tip. You're like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck them. Like, it's just... Ugh. Yeah, it's not good. And I'd be pissed too. And then... um, but but in within the crew, there are cracks starting to appear, and I feel I'm my my heart's kind of going out to James, and I don't know whether it's just because he's a northerner like me, he's he's a right. Brit and he's a northerner, but I do feel for him a little bit. Well, I think he just wants to have some fun. Like I feel this is this is kind of I mean I would never wish for the misogyny that we had last year on the show like that was not good either but good lord like i just feel everybody's kind of either they're they're being polite with the like i don't know i feel like this crew is just kind of vanilla like their nights out are not nights out i mean i had a bigger night out last night with my brother (laughs) you were in lockdown and just with your brother do you know what i mean like i agree i think this crew i'm with this is why i'm with james yes i don't think he did a great job you should have tidied up properly and oh yeah that was gross for sure that wasn't a smart move but i do get it i wouldn't want to hang out with them they are all boring i mean eddie is just you know when somebody's too old and they just they're sort of doing seasonal work but they're quite old yeah it's never a great look but also they're just here to do the job and you're like well why did you do it like you don't come and work on a super yacht for the summer or the winter in the caribbean just to do the job right no, you do the job you party. and you party you work hard you play hard like that's the lifestyle get on board people and there's not one other person no. that's the thing james is like even if there was one person but there's nobody that's on that vibe yeah it's weird it's like the quietest crew i've ever seen I know. Well, I hope they fucking spark it up a bit. Yeah. I mean, Shane's asleep. How did you feel about catching Shane catching Shane on a nap? <laughs> like, I, I, I can't even. Like, why has Eddie just not I fucking know. fired him? Like, <laughs> why is he still there? I think he will be the first one fired by Captain Lee. I think if I think if James goes, James is gonna quit. He won't get fired. I think Shane will get fired. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I know James. I don't think James is going to go. I know that Northern thing. Like, he's not going to go just because it's not a party. He's going to be, he's going to fucking do it, but he's not going to be happy about it. Right. I'd be surprised if he goes. I want that. Um, I want there to be somebody else that will party with James. That's who Shane needs to be replaced. Me too. Even just have beers at night with him. Like, that's all he wants. He just wants to hang out and kick back and fucking let some steam off. I mean, the poor guy. I re- I do feel for him. I do um, too. I feel like we. Sh- I wish we'd, we. I mean, have we're so nearly fun. forty, but I reckon he would try. He- I reckon he'd rather us were on the boat than any of the other people. Hell yeah, we would make awesome guests. I don't know like how we would do working it, but we would make awesome guests. He would at least have fun with us. We'd be great guests. Yeah. We would be great guests. Do you know why we'd be great guests? Yeah, because here's what I would do. Like we were having this chat pre-production. We would ditch the beach party, the beach picnics, right? Because it's just never works. It's always a ball lake. It's just shit. I'd be like, listen, take me in that little speedboat. I mean, imagine turning up to like a fancy beach club 
in your speedboat amazing take me to the speedboat to my beach club give me a vip table you guys go back have a swim play with the water sports games that's what i want you to do and then come and get me at five i'll be hammered yeah but we'll have fun like that's and we'll what do a late that's dinner the so we can be. take a nap after the beach club and then get ready for dinner but once we're done with dinner just leave us some bottles and we'll sort ourselves out like you don't have to for stay sure. up till three no no i don't want people i don't want i don't want people want a better word staff staying up with me while we get silly playing like ridiculous games yeah. and dancing yeah you, you know I mean, what I mean? there's I always somebody on anchor that. watch so if some emergency happened there would be somebody there but not like up in your shit yeah i want people up in my shit um so when are we going on the yacht then maybe that'll when be can we make this happen? 40th birthdays do super oh. yachts have to like i wonder what the super yacht rules are for like coronavirus because technically you're kind of quarantined on the boat i wonder if I think it's okay. Hmm. I mean, you're looking at me as if it's a possibility, Reagan. I don't know whether you've got like <laughs> I don't know a spare hundred and fifty, two hundred grand to drop on a on a yacht, super yacht for our fortieth next year. No, probably not. But maybe I don't know. I think maybe we could figure something out. Oh, well, this sounds exciting. <laughs> let's let's talk more. Um, puts it in my. I've just put it in my diary. By the way, Excellent. Reagan's taking me on a super yacht, July. <laughs> Maybe for our 80th birthdays and not our 40th birthdays. <laughs> oh God, I feel like I'm. Can you say that? Nice. And I was like, this thing went through my head when you were like for our 80th, and I was like, oh, I don't want to wait that long. And then I was like, oh my God, that's a whole other lifetime. That's like my whole life again. Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time. We've got time to save money. I mean, I'd rather be here for a long time. Yeah. To be fair, but pinch our pennies. We'll get that super yacht one day. Problem is, I feel eighty now. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, oh! I've just got my test results in. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> and da, 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 da. Uh, does cat have corona? Hang on. I am negative. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Oh, that's great news. Jimmy can go to the studio and not infect the UK's pop royalty, which is great to know. Always good to know. Uh, Perfect. So let's move on to Real Housewives of the OC. Best known as the episode where Shannon is hammered the entire time. I really was enjoying Shannon at the beginning of this season because I was like, she's new, she's happy, yeah. it's nice to see a happy Shannon. She's got rid of the misery. But um, I spoke too soon. She is a nightmare. Yeah, she's definitely found the misery once again. She's just not a happy person. Like, she's I don't even know what person. it is anymore. Because, like, she's, she's not with David anymore. She's with this amazing guy who's happy and nice and lovely. And she's still just a fucking miserable bitch sometimes. She is so deeply insecure. It's, like, she vibrates with it. Yeah. Like, that's how it feels. And the fact that she doesn't let the fucking water thing go. Ugh. I mean, Kelly has never been the voice of reason once. But she is literally, like just let it go like you keep bringing it up yeah. and even kelly just is like i'm walking away like when somebody's crazy makes kelly look calm yeah. and legit you know that it's 
on another level. For sure. Like, there's a problem. When when you make Kelly look sane and calm. Yeah, exactly. You need to take a good long look in the mirror, my friend. <laughs> but then she's like, she's just a, a bag of issues, right? Because she goes back to drink the tequila that apparently she can't live without. She has to like smuggle it in and get nailed on tequila, even though Bronwyn's asked them for one thing. But that's fine, right. another, another story. One thing. And the daughters mentioned something about the fact that it was a completely different vow renewal to hers. That she takes her- it like some personal oh, affront. It took that pushed her over the edge. Like part of me did wonder if like the vow renewal was a little triggering for her anyways, because oh, obviously I'm sure the way hers ended up. So maybe that's the reason for the over drinking and the being like a dog with a bone on this fucking water bullshit. And then, like, her daughter saying that just, like, pushed her over the edge. But, I mean. You know what? When you put it like that. Yeah. Then that kind of starts to make a lot more sense. And let's not forget, like, she was in a really nasty relationship. With sure. De- like, he was a Very nasty, abusive. nasty piece of yeah. work. Um, so, for that, I 100% have a little bit more empathy for her. But, like... But she also just needs to start enjoying her life too. Like you're not in that situation yeah. anymore. And I know there are going to be some things that are triggering, but her boyfriend is a lovely man. Like just the way he, he kind of looks after her and he just does all the things that we never saw David do. So part of me is like, let yourself fucking be happy in this relationship. Yeah, babe. Trust the process. That's yeah. what I want to say to her is like, just trust the just process. Just go with it. Um, But speaking of other marital problems, we've got Elizabeth. I found this so interesting. Like her and her divorce and the effect that it's having on her and the way that she's managing it and what she... It's fascinating. Yeah. She's 100% lying about sleeping with her husband though. And I think we were talking about this in our pre-production meeting. um, And Kat brought up something that I think is pretty spot on. Well, I was saying that, sorry, you caught me in the middle no, of a sorry. massive yawn. I know, yawn. I tried to draw um, it out, but the yawn just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, then you're seeing everything that goes on. And neither of us have got any makeup on. No. Like, we, I mean, Reagan looks hands down better than I do, but we are, we're here for it. But I did, we're knackered. Yeah. Um, but what I said was, I think absolutely she's lying. I think that the divorce, because she's not technically divorced yet, anything would technically count as adultery if she was to have sex with somebody. So I genuinely think that she cannot let anybody on a legal basis know that she's sleeping with anybody else because it would would work against her in the divorce and she wouldn't be able to get the settlement that she wants. Right. Um, But I think it's interesting when I think about the reasons behind this desire for this settlement because Gina makes a good point. She's like, just fucking walk away. Yeah, yeah. Like, it will kill you. And I think Gina's absolutely right. But I don't think it's... I think it's too easy to just dismiss her as a gold digger as well. Yeah, I I do too. I don't think she's a gold digger. I think she gave up some real stuff for her marriage. And I think, ultimately, she deserves to be compensated for that. Whether that sounds callous or not, like, she gave up kind of her ability to have children ever in her life. She gave up a lot for this man. And... Think when you spend that long giving up those things for one person, like you, you deserve to walk away being compensated for those decisions. However, I also feel like really she just wants to still be married to him. 
I don't think she wanted a divorce. No, I think it's really funny. I feel the same way. So uh, going to your point about her deserving to be compensated, I think in this weird world of where this much money is involved, that's kind of, I think you're right. Yeah. Like that's the discussion that those people have. But I also think that um, it's almost like she wants to hurt him a little bit. Like she wants to come out on top. Like we hear her say, I want to win or I don't want him to win. Well, he, and I think she did feels on her, so correct? hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I think she feels so hurt and angry that it's not about getting the money in the bank. It's about taking the money from him. For sure. And I think there's two different things. But I think you're absolutely right. I think she wants she she wants to hold on to this relationship in whatever form. Unhealthy, acrimonious, ugly, then uh, then then give it up. I think the the thought of her cutting all ties with him and walking away terrifies her i think she does have this weird code i don't know whether it's love or whether it's like codependence or what but yeah it's a weird vibe i'm really glad she's joined the show because i find her really interesting um i find her background really interesting and like the way she views money and you know she's pretty materialistic but it kind of comes from a place of having nothing versus just always having a lot of shit and i think that's fascinating it's yeah it's really interesting, but I definitely think she needs to, if she, I think she needs to fine tune her lies about her love life because I think she's a little all over the place. And if you're worried about the courts using that, you're giving them shit to use. <laughs> like, Well, and also like, it, it, you can't say the things that you say. You can't be as wi- mysteriously weird about it as yeah. you are and like tell them half the stuff. And then get annoyed when they keep asking questions because I would ask the questions. I'd be like, so hang on, are you with Jimmy? Are you not with Jimmy? Like, why do you not sleep? I think they are legitimate questions to ask when you are getting to know somebody and and that's the information they've given you to work with. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think the girls are being nosy. No. I think they're like, they're just trying to get get to know her. Explain this shit to me. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. Like, why is James even on the show? Like, why is Jimmy, is his name Jimmy? James? What is his name? Jimmy. Jimmy. Why is he Jimmy. even on the show? Like, he's this weird, like, he's very quiet. He's, like, always in a corner. He's never really around her. He's almost like a bodyguard. Like, I, I, he does feel a bit yeah. bodyguardish. You're right. Like, don't even have him on the show. But I wonder if that's, like, the difference between being a cast member and being a friend. Like, right. being willing to be open to everything. You know how, like, Sutton yeah. is only a friend because she doesn't open up the wor- the relationship? Right. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe it was part of the deal. I mean, I find like her a, fascinating. It seems like a stupid decision, though, that, like, if you are really going to court over billions of dollars or whatever, that you would even have this dude on the show. Or that actually you'd even be on the show. I mean, imagine yeah. the lawyers are just watching everything, every For step, sure. right? Because of course they are. But also I like her on the show because Me I think too. she's one of the only housewives. And I think we see it a little bit with the two most recent, with Gina and Emily too. There's just a little bit more openness and vulnerability to them. Like you don't get any of that with Shannon, even with no. Bronwyn until recently before the alcohol thing that was very much, this is the facade, you know, Pleasantville yeah. type stepford wives shit um but i think it's nice to see elizabeth this really like nuanced conflicted character she brings a lot to it which is unusual because we didn't hold out much hope for her at no the we kind of but i'm glad she's here we really wrote her off in the beginning but i think she's vast like she's quickly becoming actually one of my favorites 
on the show because I do find her interesting and I want to know more about her. Um, let's talk about yeah. Dr. Deb not being super down with her daughter's sobriety. How dark is this shit, this, man? You took the words out, like literally dark as fuck. Yeah. It is, that relationship is so broken. Oh. And I thought it was so interesting and, and insightful when Bronwyn's like, the thing is my mum likes me broken. You know, I make sense to her broken because there's an element of control and being able to rescue me and save me. Me not broken doesn't make any sense to her. And I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, it's just so sad. Like, it just... So sad. I, I, as a mom, I just, I don't understand that. No, I think it's weird. It's almost like, you know, Munchausen by proxy where mums, like, make their kids sick because they like the attention it gives them. It's almost a bit like that. It's like they feel validated when their kids are broken, that they have a role to play. And then it doesn't make any sense when then I don't know. It's weird. It'd be interesting if she does the same thing to her other children, because she's got younger children, doesn't she? Dr. Deb, younger than Bronwyn. Like, I think she had kids with Brian. Brian. Like those other two know. kids that were at the house when Bronwyn was visiting her house and having this conversation with her, with her mom. Like, be interesting to know what Deb's mothering is like for the two younger ones. And if it is yeah. broken. I think it's weird. Like, I'm all here for, like, creativity and free expression of self and all the rest of it. But you know when people are extra, extra. And, like, let's be honest, yeah. Dr. Deb's is extra, extra. Like, extra. There has to be something for that like this it feels like an overcompensation for something like it doesn't feel a hundred percent as healthy as i think that she'd like us all to believe and when you see that relationship there's such jealousy almost it's weird i don't know we've talked about weird mums there are a ton of weird mums on the housewives aren't there but but dr deb uh, i just i feel really bad for brian i almost i almost wonder if it's something like Deb feels like she gave up her young free childhood when she had Bronwyn, even though she really just ditched Bronwyn with like her parents and went off and got her doctorate or whatever. I feel like it's almost like an overcompensation for like missing this like free wild twenties or whatever. I don't know. I think you're probably right. I just think she's a phenomenally selfish person. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that in a necessarily terrible way. I think selfish people can be great fun and and all the rest. Of it. I don't think they necessarily make great mums no. or great parents when they're that selfish. Yeah. But I think that's what it is. I think it comes from this deep-rooted selfishness that means that it doesn't matter how much or how little she looked after her kids, she just didn't like anything getting in the way of what she wanted to do. And yeah. I think that resentment still is there. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. Oh, man. Um, we are starting to see COVID-19 creep into the OC. We are, we are. I mean, it comes on, you know, the heels of a conspiracy because wasn't Elizabeth just saying like, oh, give it 60 days. Big Pharma just wants to sell a yeah. vaccine. It'll all be over soon. <laughs> I find it so interesting the way the different people react to COVID in the early days. Like we talk about Craig on Southern Charm, like unsurprising to me that he was entitled enough to assume that it was fine and nothing and he yeah. didn't need to worry about it. But like... Elizabeth again, big farmer, this kind of know-it-all attitude. And here we find ourselves. 
Yes, yeah, still dealing with it. Almost in November. A year on. Yeah. I think but someone said like been coronavirus a year is a year old. Like this is when it was hitting yeah. uh, in China. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um, obviously, Shannon's, I'm going to put it out there right now. I have absolutely zero time for Shannon during a pandemic. Absolutely zero. I can't bear the drama. No, she is going to be so extra and over the top. It's it's not even funny. Kelly is going to be obnoxious it's, in her way, but mostly I'm prepared for that because I follow her on social media and I saw all the bullshit she was saying. She votes Trump, doesn't she? For sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we know where she stands. Yeah, but it's it's going to be interesting. But Shane, you're right. Shannon's going to drive me insane for the rest of the season because I assume they're just going to be dealing gonna be with coronavirus for the rest of the time. <laughs> I know. Well, let's, I mean, we've not got that long left. Oh, I don't know, actually. Uh, we're quite early on with Yeah, OC, we're only on, we? like, episode seven, so. <laughs> oh, God. Are you telling me I've got, like, 13 episodes of Shannon dealing with coronavirus? Yeah, or 10, because usually the OC is <sighs> a little bit shorter, but, uh. Let's fucking hope so. Yeah. Um. And then let's move on to our last show, which is also the newest baby on the block, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Again, I am finding this fascinating. I love this show. I love these women, even the ones that I love to hate. They just have everything for me. The way Heather was speaking about Mormon perfectionism and like the road to attain that just fucking blew my brain box. I... Am learning so much because I think it's quite easy to like write off Mormons and ridicule and do all of that yeah. and you know that crazy that's underwear. a thing they, they believe their beliefs are on golden plates I mean it's kind of ripe with uh ridicule. yeah it's it holds itself out for quite a lot of piss take but there's no doubt that there are people for whom this is obvious not just a, a choice not just a belief system that they've chosen to embrace, but that it is something that they are bred this way, right? Oh, yeah. It's I like mean, almost similar to Jehovah's Witnessism. It's like you are bred this way and this is your whole, it's a lifestyle. It's not a religion. It is a whole lifestyle. And to see Heather battle with her desire, like her instinctive desire to do what's right for her and to make herself happy versus this inbred, pressure to follow the mormon rules is really kind of broke my heart a little bit for sure well i think it's a it's a it's not a religion that people just kind of come to i feel like this is a very generational religion like if you're a mormon you come from generations of mormons yeah so this is just the way your family works we actually have friends who were married in the mormon church and then they both left they stopped being Mormon after they got married. And it's been a real thing within their families. Like essentially they're worse than murderers because they saw the light and they turned away from it versus like, we'll go to a different heaven just because we're ignorant and we don't know any better. But like, it's just, they knew better. They knew better and decided well, it's like not all to of go. The, it's like Scientology. Yeah. It's really simple. Like you, if you don't play the game and follow the rules, then you're out and you, and, and that's, 
that's not a religion by choice. That's not a, that's that's being held hostage in a For religion, sure. right? That's being yeah. held hostage in a lifestyle. But you can see that this is it's so inbred in her that she struggles to question it. She's like, I would rather be in a bad marriage to be a good Mormon, yeah, than be divorced. I mean, I want to give her a big cuddle for sure i'm so glad she left her bad marriage and it's just kind of doing this on her own i think ultimately that's going to teach because she's got three daughters like that's going to teach them so much more about what healthy relationships can look like than this crazy perfection facade that i think is going on I mean, uh, i don't know it, it blows my mind and it's no disrespect to organized religion but it no. just it just blows my fucking mind that these organizations can have such control over individuals. Well, it's just so sad. They, I mean, if you think so sad enough about how society puts perfectionism on moms and like being the best mom and all that stuff, I get the feeling it's almost like that times a hundred within the Mormon church. Yeah. So like you're not only getting that pressure from society, you're also getting it from your community and you can't talk yeah, about and the bad stuff that are happening because it's not perfect. Like, oh my God. No. And and by the way, your husband's allowed to be married to a number of people if that's what he wants. I mean, it's, it, it just blows, I mean, it just makes me so angry. Yeah. Because it's basically just a form of control, right? Patriarchy. Oh yeah. On steroids. That's what it is. And it, and it's. And it's devastating to see strong, beautiful, talented women like Heather disempowered. Right. From within. So internally. Yeah. From exactly. So internally by this cultish behavior. And I, and I use that word specifically. It is cultish. It's like yeah. hemming them all in anyway. I feel for her, but I, she is out of that marriage, thank God. And she's a badass businesswoman who gives she's by nailing the way, it i have to say heather she's nailing it but also i have to say if somebody gave me a tiny range rover when i was like pregnant <laughs> i'd be like oh just give me cake yeah That's you could have given me diapers or a massage yeah like, don't give me a big plastic <laughs> it's quite weird range rover there's five women all within one company who are all around the same age who are all pregnant with dudes like, that's definitely a boy-heavy year, apparently, because they're all having boys. Oh, are they? Yeah. I missed that. I didn't realize they were all having boys. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But speaking of baby um, boys. Oh, God. Oh, God. This, I've got the shivers. It freaked me. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. You talk about Brooks. Yes. Who the fuck allows their child to speak to them about their friends in that fucking he manner? He is going to be... Did you see in him what I saw in him, which was like, you know, sleeping with the enemy, yeah. you know, the husband. For sure. It's that kind of He's like the label quiet, silent control. Yeah. Yes. It's like, you will not do this. And Meredith's like, okay, I won't do this. I'd be like, hang on a minute, bitch. Yeah. You're 17 years Get old. I'll do whatever the fuck. Or you're how, 20. Go and live in your own fucking house. I'll have whoever I like to sleep over. Yeah. And frankly, they can behave however they want to behave in my house. They're my guests. Oh. I was... He freaked me out. I, yeah. I genuinely got a real, like, psychopath serial vibe from sure. him. Yeah. Serial killer vibe. To the max, no doubt. No. Watch this space. Yes. 
Like very Norman Bates, like with his mother too. Like, yes, go get a life, dude. I, I wrote that down. I was like, it's also the relationship between the two of them is weird. Yeah, and it's not like he's an only child. Like he's one of three. So like, I don't, I don't understand it. No, I didn't understand oh. it, and I didn't like it one bit. Not at all. I thought he was also, fucking rude I have to about say, Jen. I think he was rude about women. Like. There's nothing I like about this kid at all. No, dark as fuck. But, and also, I've forgotten what I was going to say now, but I had a really good point to make and now it's gone. Well, and then he like uses his sister as an excuse too. Like, oh, well, she just really wanted to spend time with you. Like, who the fuck are you? Little puppet master. Get out of this house. And then, yeah. And then when Meredith's like, okay, I will. He's like, you should that's the right thing to do. It's like, oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> oh God, it freaked me right. I was not happy about it no. at all. No, he really bothers Really me. sinister. Uh. Really bothers me too. Um, I am excited. Oh, I'm excited to see more of it though. Cause it was kind of fascinating at the yeah. same time. Um, Speaking of Meredith, Meredith is on the rocks with Jen, who's also on the rocks with Mary again, even though we I was pretty sure in the last episode her and Mary That's sorted what that I shit thought. out. I thought it all had been like tucked away. Like everybody understood where they were coming from and it was all fine. I wonder if Jen is very triggered by like this friend relationship between Meredith and Mary. And like, you know, she got disinvited to the sleepover. So now she's like really pissed off. So she's just going to be mean to Mary some more. And like, Jen is so extra, man. Like, I can't, I can't. I mean, she's extra on the outside, but she's also like emotionally extra, right? It's yes. like, she gives you whiplash. One minute, she's just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And the next minute, you're on her shit list. It's a lot. And I wonder if it's just because she's on her own a lot. You know how like she's on yeah. her own a lot. Sharif's away. She's got a lot of time to think and ruminate and get herself in a tears. I don't know. Well, you know what I was wondering? Like, but where are her sons? Because one of her sons is like young. Like he's still in normal school. The other one's older and like away. But like, where's the other kid? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's probably a normal 14 year old boy who doesn't hang out that much with Fair. his mum. Fair dues. You know how people are like, teenagers are really hard. I'm like... They just don't want to spend time with you. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I can't fucking wait. No. (laughs) They sleep all day. We'll finally get fucking lions. (laughs) Like, You know what, though? You've got boys. You've got easy teenagers. I've got girls. I don't think it's the same. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so so yes, Meredith's on the rocks there. Jen's getting salty with everybody. I did think it was nice to find out a little bit more about Mary because before I'd always found Mary a bit weird, like uh, a bit weird, yeah. a bit like I don't know quite what to do with her. Right. But I felt like she was a bit more vulnerable in this one, and as and it was as much as whatever you think about the the fact she married a step grandfather. I thought that it was we saw kind of a more vulnerable honest mary for at sure the table when she had lunch with meredith yeah 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 because i think she's right i mean you know these are real struggles of being married to people for long periods of time and like you know things kind of not not being as great as they were in the beginning i do also think she's kind of a weird mom too like maybe this is why meredith and mary get along so well they're very like weird connections to their sons like i know i think mary wants to send her son to boarding school literally to just get rid of the girlfriend that's it 
Yeah. I think there's, I, I don't weird. have boys and I know that you wouldn't be like this, no, I've got- but I do think that there is this sometimes a weird thing between mums and their boys. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's um, weird. I don't, I don't know either. I do think it's weird. I do think it's weird that they're just like, you're going to boarding school in LA. It's like, right? he's at school. Like, what's the problem? Like, what's he's the problem? Like, a- surely he just has a few more months of school left and he'll be graduating anyways. What's- just let him finish up. Ugh. Right? Very I do. I know. I think it's weird. But I did think it was interesting to hear about her relationship with Robert. This is essentially a- an arranged marriage. It really was within the church. It was about her inheriting everything. Yeah. So it was interesting. But I also found it quite dark. Because at the end of the day, she was like, 20 21 this guy was like she was forced into this marriage and he's like this idea of him pouring her trying to have sex she dragged her period out for two weeks i mean Uh, that's not we can sort of all laugh about it now but at the time you're thinking this poor 20 year old was like so terrified she faked her period for two weeks like i felt a bit uncomfortable about that yeah it's a very weird situation now obviously not as weird had he as if he had been her real grandfather, that would be... <laughs> or is illegal. Another, yeah, that'd definitely be another level. But um, but I do think it, it is strange. I mean, her grandmother was obviously the matriarch of this family and pulled all the strings for everybody. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm all for a strong female. Yeah, I'm but- all for a matriarchal society. I feel like that. But I feel like this was not the wisest of choices. and Or the healthiest. I don't know it. No, it just, I mean, but I sort of feel like Mary, this is the vibe I get. Like, I think it was probably pretty traumatic for her, but yeah. she's kind of pulled herself up by bootstraps and made the the best out of the situation. Actually, within the context of what her reality is, is fairly happy and content with what she's got going on. Yeah. Um, I still think it's fucking odd. It, I, it's very strange. I mean, she obviously financially benefited from all of it and you know, has found her calling as the head of this church and everything's kind of fine now. But I mean, could you imagine at 20 being told like, well, you're going to marry your step-grandpa? I mean, I have step-grandpas, so like that's would be weird. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But, I, I mean, I think being told who to marry, although I actually think that arranged marriages, if it's kind of part of your culture, I think actually work out well, they There's have a less stats to suggest they actually work out really well. Yeah, divorce is quite low in communities that practice arranged marriages. I think That's because you go into it with more reality, though, right? Because you go into it knowing that this isn't a holiday, a holiday, a Hollywood <laughs> romance, right? No, marriage. You is definitely go into not it not expecting. <laughs> yes. It's definitely not a holiday, but you go into it not expecting the romance version. You're like, look, this is how it is, yeah. and then you kind of grow. You start from nothing and you grow up, whereas the way we do it, we start from up here, like on a pedestal and just have to fucking figure out how to handle the, the inevitable fall. Well, and inevitable, like in those communities as well, the, the people are kind of picked by the whole family. So like the whole family yeah. knows each other and they're all very supportive of this and they're to support that relationship. So you have a community there already willing to help you navigate the situation. I mean, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, and as well, because I think that the love that you end up feeling for your husband after 10 years of marriage is not anywhere near the love that you felt when you got married, right? That's a different love. And then you almost go through this transition period where you kind of have to, it breaks down and you have to rebuild up 
that real love, that real kind of team building yeah. love that's a little bit ugly and messy and practical, but is real right. as opposed to the fucking bullshit we get sold before. So I don't know. I think maybe they sometimes an arranged marriage just bypasses that bullshit phase. Yeah. But who knows? Who I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, obviously, we've already arranged our children yeah. to marry. Yeah, so they're done. We don't have to think about we that We timed anymore. that, planned that perfectly. That's all sorted. <laughs> um, on that note, I think... Are we wrapping it up? We Is are wrapping done? it up. Four shows, done and done. <sighs> we'll have a we'll have Southern Charm back next week. And I think it's supposed to be a really interesting episode about Black Lives Matter and Catherine's relatives. So, Oh, the Calhouns. Yeah, it could be an interesting... Interesting. I think episode. we're going to see some seriously uncomfortable white privilege at work, but yeah, that's that's twenty twenty. Um, okay, so five shows next week. I'm girding my loins. I'm ready to go. Please look out for the post bag. We will be doing it yes. for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. In the meantime, thank you as ever for listening. Rate and review where you can, and we will see you next week. Absolutely, and remember. Smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.